This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. I'm Nick Hoadley, and each week you can join me as I interview leading InsureTech executives from around the world. We will be learning about the different InsureTech technologies and finding out how they can be a benefit to both insurance brokers and carriers when it comes to delivering for your customers. We'll also be learning about the different career opportunities available to insurance leaders within the InsureTech space and what benefits that can give to your career. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Wynn, who is the co-founder and co-CEO at Ascend, who are a insurtech business. And Andrew joins us in New York City today. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thanks, Nick. It's great to be here. Andrew, it's great to have you on the show today. Really looking forward to hearing more about the work you're doing there at Ascend. I know there's been some big news, recent funding, which is really exciting stuff to hear. Before we start on that, though, Andrew, would you mind giving our listeners a bit of a feel for your background and your experience? What led to you starting the business there with your co-founder? Yeah, yeah, certainly. And uh, uh, yeah, happy to share more about Ascend, but it's always it's always good to explain how people ended up in insurance. Um, <laughs> my co-founder and I have now worked together for uh, nearly nine years. We originally started working together at Instacart, the uh, grocery delivery business here in the States, uh, when it was a very, very small company. You know the the true startup experience, a, a few guys in a house, quite quite literally. And we we spent a, a few years at Instacart and really enjoyed watching that business grow and evolve. And we learned a ton, but uh, we we knew that we wanted to recreate some of that early magic. So we ended up starting another uh, our own business together. Went off on our own. My co-founder's name is Praveen, and he's uh, a software engineer and built out a lot of the initial technology at Instacart. So has a really strong background and we make make a good team. And the business that we started was a, sounds dissimilar to Instacart, but from an underlying perspective, actually very similar. It was a multi-sided marketplace for home services. So things like, you know, plumbers, electricians, handymen, any, you know, any number of things. And we knew that we wanted to obviously connect homeowners or people desiring repairing their homes with skilled trades. But we also, much like Instacart connected people who wanted to get groceries with grocery stores or with you know people who could deliver groceries. But we also wanted that third party. For, and for Instacart, that was grocery stores of, of getting them to actually partner with Instacart and be a you know brand on the platform. Uh, unlike say something like you know, Ocado, which is its own brand, right? They're not delivering Sainsbury's or Waitrose. And we saw the value of having those brands. Uh, and so when we thought about home services, we, we we kind of made a short list of companies that might also be interested in sort of providing their brand, right? And, and enabling their customers to take advantage of, of our home services platform. And very quickly, uh, obviously, home insurers, PNC insurers came to the top of that list. Um, this was also kind of right at the time when you know, insurance, uh, lots of full stack carriers were entering the scene, uh, Hippo, Lemonade, uh, Swift, Kin, and kind of reshaking up the, the, at least in the US, 
the uh, home insurance industry. And it was kind of this, you know, ripping off of the covers of everyone was now all of a sudden thinking about and looking at their insurance uh, and kind of this, this purposefully invisible product was made very visible and being able to offer, you know, incremental services around actually helping homeowners, you know, predict and prevent issues in the home rather than just being there to repair and replace was just a big market trend that we were able to sort of deliver on and and serve. And so we ran that business, ended up selling it to Hippo in 20, it was called Shelter, sold it to Hippo in in 2019, but also worked with a bunch of other uh, insurance when we started, we just called them companies. We didn't know the difference necessarily between, certainly not between carriers and MGAs. And, uh, but we worked with carriers, GAs, brokerages, everyone like that. And that's how we really fell in insurance. And after a year at Hippo had been in the industry long enough to start thinking about other things, which is what led us to Ascend. Yeah. Awesome. So through that journey, and it's an incredible journey, Andrew, what seems to me that's come out of that is that you're always sort of innovating to sort of best meet the needs of your customers. So was it during this time then, you know, as you were working with those insurance companies, those MGAs, those carriers, it's sometimes hard to tell the difference actually. Sometimes, yeah. And they've moved around during that time a lot too. What they yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So was there, was there then a moment then when you realized there was a problem that needed solving or, or that you had an idea of a way for them to do and transact business in a better way? Well, it wasn't so much that we had this, you know, when we were there, it wasn't so much that we had this idea around, oh, there's this specific need that needs to be solved. We we noticed this broader macro trend. And I think, you know, I've spoken a lot about this and I think, so I'll always bang this drum, but we'll, we'll continue to see this, I think, as, you know, insure tech investment and interest grows. I think traditionally or over the past few years, that's that's really meant money flowing into full stack carriers, right? Whether that is a cyber, homeowners, renters, pet auto, right? It's, you know, these these new full set carriers are, are, are coming up. And I think as we start to see some of those businesses mature, uh, as well as some of the incumbents catch up a little bit and sort of, you know, pay more attention, uh, I think that the insurance or insure tech attention and funding will change a little bit to be more toward enabling businesses. Yeah. And that was certainly a trend that we saw uh, when we were working uh, inside of a a carrier slash brokerage, right? Was it's really ho- unlike, say, something like e-commerce, right? If you want to start an online store, you you probably find your product, right, and you create your product, and you know your customer and how to talk to them. The rest you outsource, right? You outsource it to Shopify, you outsource it to Stripe, you outsource it to whoever handles your returns, you outsource it to all of these different things, and you focus on those two things that matter to you. Whereas what we were seeing in insurance was everyone was having to build everything from the ground up. Uh, And so that's very challenging if you're obviously building a new carrier or brokerage for today's world or trying to modernize an existing one. And so that means that your attention is spread very thinly across all of these things, many of which aren't core to you. And so Mm -hmm. uh, we started seeing that that uh, solutions come up almost like building blocks that both insure techs or incumbents could pull in to handle an important but not unique to them part of their business. Uh, one example that we really like is a company called Agent Sync, who handles compliance as a service. So, you know, if you're a carrier managing broker appointments, why would the you know 2,000 carriers in the U.S. all build that themselves differently and dedicate their money and IT teams where there's a company that just does that? And so we saw that type of building block opportunity and evaluated different areas in which, you know, which lends itself to that. And and that's how we sort of found and landed on Ascend. 
Awesome. Awesome stuff. Thank you for that, Andrew. Yeah, like I said, looking forward to hearing more about the story and the journey for Ascend so far. Before we get on to that, though, as we are in the insurance coffee house today, what is your go to coffee of choice that sets you up for a busy day? You know, I'm, I'm, I think, very American and that I just make a big pot of black coffee in the morning and, and we'll drink that down uh, until about noon. And so, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm boring in, in that regard. Good rocket fuel for the day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, if you could give our listeners a snapshot of the business, what it does and where you are with company today. Yeah. So um, sort of building on, I guess that's funny saying building blocks, um, but sort of yeah. continuing on what I was saying about building blocks, you know, we we looked at these different opportunities to for where there is, you know, this uh, need for a tool, but it doesn't necessarily make sense for a carrier or brokerage or GA to build it in-house. And so one of the areas we looked at a bunch, right? Like, is it TPAs? Is it claims payments? Is it underwriting is probably more core to the business. So maybe that wasn't a good area, but one area that we saw as sort of continually painful, done X number of different ways by everyone. There's a million permutations and it actually still results in a pretty bad customer experience was uh, actually insurance payments, starting with how the insured is able to pay for their insurance. I think insurance, certainly in the US, uh, is is one of the biggest industries that still relies on paper checks. Uh, Paper checks are notoriously I mean, I don't have to convince people that paper checks are outdated in 2021, uh, yeah. but in addition to being outdated and a bad customer experience, they're very uh, unsecure. You know, your bank account number is printed on a piece of paper. Um, they're also very expensive to handle from a business. So I think typically it costs anywhere from 15 to $20 to you know process a paper check because uh, someone has to open the envelope and look at the check and deposit it, right? And so, and, and so that's just the customer payment, right? And then insurance has this whole other, much bigger, almost you know, below the surface, the actual iceberg of how funds flow in insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you know it's a brokerage, retail brokerage receiving the payment, then they have to net their commissions, pay a GA or wholesaler who nets their commissions, who pays a carrier, uh, and then it happens, you know, two, three, four, five, six more times every time there's an endorsement. And so we realized that would be a great opportunity to tackle where folks don't need to build this stuff themselves, right? Uh, we've seen that in e-commerce. No one is building, you know, not even Shopify has built the, their own payments platform. They use Stripe. And so we thought about what is a good opportunity, you know, to do this. And, and so Ascend is an all-in-one payments platform purpose-built for insurance. We didn't think that the generalized payment platforms understood or could handle the nuance of insurance, which is obviously a huge, complicated, and and critical industry. So we we believed it required a dedicated solution handling things like endorsements. And so what Ascend does is we power checkout for whoever's collecting the payment from the insured, whether that's the retailer, the wholesaler, or the carrier direct bill. And then we give the insured the option to pay in any sort of digital form they want, credit card, debit card, ACA, bank transfer, wire, you know, we're working on actually enabling paper checks just to be comprehensive, not that we expect many. And we also offer point of sale financing for eligible policies. So um, premium financing was this other area, which is very paper intensive, very labor intensive, um, and it doesn't need to be in today's world one with all the, the digital quote information. Uh, and so the, the customer can pay either in full or with a rate plan. And if there is no rate plan, then we offer premium financing automatically. And then once that customer has paid or funded a loan, whatever it is, uh, we then start handling those downstream payments. So we'll net you, the retailer, your commission, and then pay the wholesaler, for example, just to save you a ton of operational work, but still give that best-in-class customer experience. 
That does sound like a, a fantastic solution to certainly a problem that's out there across the entire insurance ecosystem. You no, know, certainly in the UK, there's many different platforms that don't sync together when it comes to payment and, and the raising of finance for premium. And I imagine in the States as well with the way things are with checks being raised. I mean, it still makes me smile sometimes now, actually, when we receive some of payments from the insurance carriers that we work with and it's checked through the mail. And it's quite nice. It's quite nostalgic, but <laughs> but it takes a long time to get shipped over here and it takes a long time for the bank to then process it. So yeah, absolutely. You can see the real benefits there. They're the most common interaction that people have with their customers, right? So mm. you're, you're, you know, it's like most of the time we, we don't have very strong touch points with our customers and in insurance, obviously absent claims, which aren't very good. You know, we don't want more of those. Um, yeah. And so um, really digitizing the most common experience you have with your customer felt like a pretty important thing to, to help enable. Could you explain a little bit more about how it works in operation? Do you provide finance yourselves to to those policyholders, to those customers, or does that does that go for a third party? That's right. So we are the lender, um, and we provide that financing. We uh, a couple of reasons. One, you know, we thought we could deliver a better experience. We didn't find any partners who were able to really meet that customer expectation that we were building to enable, and that means instant underwriting, the ability to set up auto payment. We call it, I just continually say this, but e-commerce 101. So payment emails should be confirmed via, or payment should be confirmed via email as well as by the regulated paper notices, but they shouldn't just be that, right? We should give the brokerages or the whoever's collecting the payment transparency into the payment statuses. Right now with the premium finance, traditional premium finance in the US, it's in the ether, right? And then all of a sudden as a brokerage, you'll get a notice that says, hey, uh, we're canceling so-and-so's policy. And you're like, what? We had no idea. We would have liked to have talked to them about that or actually just know that they're on vacation or whatever, right? And so we just give that visibility as well as help mitigate that with, with the end customer. Uh, but we do this all, one thing I didn't mention just sort of on the operation is we're completely white labeled. It's your business, right? Like we don't, Ascend doesn't need to be a brand to the, the consumer, the insured. Um, so we totally white label it for the brokerage, the GA, the carrier, whoever is collecting that payment and the customer never knows or doesn't feel like they ever left that experience. And again, coming back to that importance of frequency of touch point, that's another way that you, let's say your retail brokerage can interact with your customer as opposed to giving them to a third-party finance company or potentially moving them to direct bill where all of a sudden you've given up your, your touch point with your customer to the carrier, which is a little scary. So, um, you know, that that's, uh, that's ultimately what we try to enable. We're, we're here to help your business. Yeah, it sounds good. And, and on that white labeling point, is that also for the finance itself? Does that look like that it's yep. carry itself exactly. providing that finance? Uh, on the on the actual loan agreements, it has our company name, sure. right? Because we have to do that from a regulated yeah. standpoint. But sort of in the customer experience and flow, yeah. uh, it's either it can be driven from within. If you have a um, you know a portal or a platform, we can integrate into that. If you have an AMS, we can integrate into that so that uh, you know the email is sent and it's branded to you, but it's and it's just payment through us, or, or you can just, you know, create those checkout links and send them to folks via email or SMS, whatever you'd like manually. I mean, I think it's, it's plain to see the benefits to policyholders, easier way of making payments, perhaps spreading their those payments across 12 month period or across multiple payments. What are the key benefits to the agencies, the brokers uh, and the carriers? 
Yeah. So for whoever's collecting the payment, and that could be the agency or broker or the carrier, and carriers also get some other benefits. So I'll kind of start on just for agencies and brokerages. There's a few benefits. One is the the, the most obvious, I think, is the better customer experience you provide to your customers, the more you know loyalty and retention you'll have. That's kind of the soft part of it. But like with all things, the more you redu- reduce friction, the more likely customers are to convert. So we see the fact that we have point of sale financing immediately effortlessly offered wherever it's eligible, rather than having to go and quote a premium finance and go to a company uh, as actually reducing that friction to customers purchasing. And we see higher both financing rates as well as conversion rates with customers who are using Ascend versus uh, purchase conversion rates uh, versus you know other platforms. And so the, and so that's one benefit, which is you know just sell more top of the funnel. The second benefit is. Um, the operational workload. So traditionally, folks might have either no digital payment method or a digital payment method and a premium financing, and then they have to make two integrations, two partnerships, two points of reconciliation at the end of the month. And all of that time and effort, and I think those are also harder to use than Ascend, all of that time and effort comes at the cost of whether it's you as the producer directly or you hire support staff, it, it comes at the cost of selling more policies, right? Yeah. So agents and brokers care about one thing, which is how can we sell more insurance? And a huge way to do that is give them more time to sell more insurance, right? And so those are kind of the two benefits of increasing customer experience and reducing purchase friction. So selling more at the top of the funnel, as well as reducing the operational lift associated with collecting payment. Are you also seeing, and this links quite well with my my next question about insurance industry, moving forward. Previously, we saw in the market, the, the two main options for the policyholder, particularly in commercial lines where they're paying large sums of money for their premium, is either to pay the whole premium up front, or it's to go through a, a third party mm. finance provider. We've been seeing over the last few years, more carriers trying to go across to being able to offer those monthly payments or their own monthly direct debit system. Clearly, your technology can help them to achieve that. Is, is that something you're seeing more and more of? The uh, the actual insurance companies are looking to offer that payment split across into the year rather than that one payment. Yeah, we certainly see more. You know, we see a lot of filed rate plans, and it'll it'll depend on the line of coverage. I think obviously in uh, you know ENS policies, we're seeing less right because people are wanting to collect that entire premium up front. So I think it's very specific to the line. But I think the overarching point is people are realizing carriers and brokerages are realizing that customers expect you know a more similar experience in their business and commercial products as they are getting on their personal lines front so whether that's uh, affected through rate plans that are filed or premium financing it is moving that direction we're agnostic right we can power both we have also seen that we, we we're, we're we're not agnostic to the customer experience we we want to help customers get that right we're agnostic as to the the mechanism by which it's a, it's achieved but what we're also seeing is you know a lot of those rate plans um I think there's a little bit of a misconception that premium financing is actually more expensive than them. It certainly can be, but it doesn't have to be. There's a lot of in traditional premium financing um, operational costs baked into those rates because it is such a manual process. We eliminate that, right? Our computers are doing the underwriting. We're creating all the loan agreements programmatically. There's no incremental cost. So we're able to offer lower rates and compare that with a rate plan that might have a 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 installment fee every month, the, the effective financing rate could actually be higher on the on the rate plan. And so, you know, we actually tried to look at that true cost of, 
of convenience rather than the, the mechanism by which it's achieved. Great. So it's cheaper for the policyholder as well. That's right. That's yeah. it. Andrew, it brings us nicely onto the espresso round now as the questions are short, sharp and straight to the point. I know you like your, your large black coffee in the morning. Are you ready for espresso round now? I'll do my best to be to be short. The espresso round. Andrew, what percentage of your employees are from an insurance background compared to a, a non-insurance background? Nearly half. Uh, we're still a small team, so it's not a, not a huge number, but we do prioritize and, and look for folks from the insurance industry. What value can those people who have had careers either at brokers, claims companies, or carriers bring to an organization like yours? You know, sort of going back to what we said at the beginning, we're all about enabling all insurance companies. And that doesn't mean folks who have never done it starting from the ground up. So they know what it's like to sort of be on the other side and people with the right mentality can uh, solve those problems that they've lived and seen their whole lives. Fantastic. I think it adds so much expertise and also a lot of credibility as well when you speak to those customers. What are the personalities that best suit working for a business like yours? Great question. You know, we look for people who really have a high degree of customer empathy and engagement. We expect all of our our employees to be familiar with the specific pain points and not abstract it away from the customer. So we want, whether you're an engineer, you know, if you're building software, you're still talking to customers every day. Uh, obviously sales folks are too and customer support, but we expect everyone in the organization to, ha- to want to learn directly from customers because they're the best source of truth. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do you think that links in well with actually bringing people from that background that they can be more empathetic? It's much more natural, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say are the long-term opportunities for someone who comes to join your business? I think we're seeing insurtechs, you know, as this, it's not just, you know, as we talked about earlier, full stack carriers that are going to just go and try to do one line or one one type of business. I think that the real opportunities are to be a part of modernizing, truly modernizing, not replacing the massive important insurance industry. And so there's no shortage of things to be done there and longevity of that business. So whatever your goals are as an individual, uh, I think we can build a business that will help enable you to achieve those. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. I know obviously you're very much in high growth stage of the business, recently received significant funding for the business. As you're trying to grow, have you had any frustrations at all with the recruitment process? Maybe if you're trying to bring people from the insurance industry or maybe from outside of the industry, is there any sort of snag points that you find found frustrating as you've been looking to grow? Yeah, I mean, there's. It's always hard to to find and both find and convince the best people to join you, and we're very stubborn about making sure we get those people. And so there, there's no shortage of frustration. One of the biggest challenges we've seen is. A lot of insurance folks are very risk averse, right? That's kind of the, the nature of the game. And we're an early stage business. And I also think there's a, a rightful high degree of skepticism around insurtechs. So we're not, you know, we're starting to build our, our cohort of people from the insurance industry and there's a momentum building to that. But, you know, initially it was very, very hard to get in front of those people. And I think, you know, as we get more to your point, like we're, we both need the credibility from them, but we can't get those people without credibility. So it's a little bit of a chicken and the egg that we're working through right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure as you continue to grow, that credibility will continue to grow alongside with it. But also the insurance market, the late last 18 months, obviously with the pandemic, there's been an awful lot of insurance executives had a chance to consider their careers and, and really what they want to achieve. 
in their next opportunity and, and role. And I think the more that people see their peers, their colleagues, their friends actually moving to startups, I think it gives them greater confidence in the sector and that it can be very successful. I yeah. think also as well, some of those executives are, are seeing it as an opportunity to add significant value to their own CV, their own resume. So even if they were to be an insure tech for two years, three years, working at a fast-paced business, decided it actually wasn't for them. When they go back to that large corporate company with all that experience of working for a startup and technology, I think that adds a lot of credibility to, to, to what they're looking to do as well. Yeah, we um, see that. And I think the other very unique thing, uh, you know, the, again, sort of, and we deal with this across all employees, not just um, not just insurance folks. And I think it's true of the entire tech industry, but it's not it's not the the Silicon Valley or, or you know, Silicon Alley, whatever, um, People have these misconceptions of around, you know, eating ramen and getting paid five grand a year or something to do it. Companies are very well funded now and they know and as and the biggest reason for that funding is to bring on the best talent. Um, and so I think that's a very big difference from before. You don't have to necessarily take some massive cut or huge risk. Um, I think both the personal financial and personal career risk is greatly reduced to what it was 10 years ago, certainly. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's another misconception we certainly see with candidates when we discuss an opportunity with them at InsureTech and they think they're going to basically have to work for nothing. And in the hope that the shares that they maybe receive as part of it might be worth something in the future. But no, often, like you say, companies are well-funded and, and they can afford to give good salaries as, as well, which is fantastic. Andrew, if there are any executives or leaders in the insurance industry out there now, particularly in the U.S., considering a move to start up an insure tech like yours, what do you think they should be doing now in order to make that switch a successful one? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the, the some of the things we've seen is um, really, really think about, and this requires the right team as well. You know, it, it's a two-sided uh, interaction for both both groups, right? Whether it's a startup person um, like us, right? And an, and an insurance exec on the other side, it's really important to meet the person where they are, right? And and understand the background they're coming from, have empathy for that. Don't assume that your way is the right way. And conversely, don't assume that their way is the wrong way. It's just true collaboration. And I that needs to go both ways. So I would say conversely, if you are going to a startup as an insurance exec, and they're expecting you to work exactly as uh, they have, then what's the point of going? They're clearly not understanding your value, but it is important for you to, you know, for other folks to come in and just make sure that you are sort of meeting in that happy middle that is actually accretive to to both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bringing the the values and the yeah the value that both parties bring to that. Fantastic, yeah. Andrew. We've almost reached the end of our time in the insurance coffee house today. Time certainly uh, flown very quickly. Is there one piece of closing advice that you might have for our listeners and how would anybody go about reaching out to you after the show? Yeah. Um, closing advice. Uh, I don't, I don't have, have much. I would just sort of encourage folks to, uh, you know, consider an, a career in insure tech and, and, you know, have that healthy degree of skepticism, but don't, don't write us off. You know, we, we will do our best. And conversely for folks in insure tech, don't write off the uh, traditional folks either. <laughs> it again, goes both ways. Um, in terms of getting in touch, I'm always happy to chat with 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 folks in any way. Obviously, we're hiring a bunch of different roles. We like hiring people from insurance, so please do reach out if if that's of interest or just anything else. Uh, my email is Andrew at useascend.com, uh, and I'm always happy to chat. 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Andrew. And we'll be sure to leave your contact details on the show notes so people can click straight through and reach out to you. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really interesting to hear uh, actually not only about Ascend, but but also York and your journey as well. And yeah, in particular, that 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 journey that you have at the moment of Ascend and the great work that you're doing there. So thanks very much. Really appreciate your time today. Yeah, Nick, thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, to all the InsureTech leaders and to all the insurance leaders listening today, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening and sure you would have gained a lot of valuable insights and advice from Andrew today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or would like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent, please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance Coffeehouse Global Insure Tech Series. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffeehouse with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.